Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands for a long time after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, and song, and we are privileged to be part of that storytelling today and every day here at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present. We are broadcasting from Redfern right now. Redfern is the birthplace of black theatre in this country, and it's a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. You are listening to Race Matters. This is a show made by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Darren Lasagas. And I'm Sada Khan. It feels like Sydney is starting to get back to normal. I don't want to say get back to normal, but it's definitely gearing up again. When we caught up last weekend, there was, I remember like saying on the walk over to the house to um, our house, our, our gathering, mm. that like it felt like very, the, like the sun was out, everyone was poured on the street, people had their doors open, I could see in, everyone had either their candles lit, wines going, football on. It was just eclectic in the air mm. and it felt, it, there was something really nice about it. But then there's also this thing of when, you know, trying to pick a place to go, right? Mm. And like, you know, as black people, as people of colour, it's always that thing of like, what's the safe space for me to access? And in the last two years, I feel like that's even like, I feel like prior to the pandemic, things were really gearing up for um, black people, First Nations people, people of colour. I feel like all of that was really gearing up for us. And then that kind of really... I don't know, like maybe I could be wrong on this, but it did feel like there was a sense that that really kind of got cut before it was about to really kick up and gear get into gear. Yeah, a lot of promises were made, hey. A lot of, a lot of promises. promises change, changes to the lineup, changes to mm-hmm. um, quote-unquote representation on lineups. Like what 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 have you seen in the like now that we're kind of quote-unquote opening up again? Oh, I haven't, I don't know. I can't really speak onto what I've seen, but I can definitely speak onto like, you know, going to certain places mm. and the, the sense of like, this isn't for me mm. and I don't want to, I don't know if I want to be here and trying to find community again in those social settings. Yeah. And it's particularly hard because, you know, considering how safe we have to be in the interest of public health, we're so selective with what we go to and why mm. we go to them and who we go with. Yeah. I like speaking from um, <clears throat> my personal experience, I definitely have been like, is like what are the risks of going to this event and do they outweigh my being there as being good for me and good for the people that I um, am friends with, my community, my family. Like, what's the balance there? Like, what am I going to get from this event? And will I will I know that it's going to be a good time? Yeah. And it's hard to know. You can't you can't know because there are there have been some events where I've gone to. I've been like, yeah, this I feel safe ish. And I feel the same way about some of these like you know social scenes. Yeah throughout Sydney and these events that are being held, it's like, you know, what's the, who's, who's running said events, mm. who's curating, who's doing your promotion, who's, you know, is the, are like black 
people and POC people feeling safe enough to collaborate with your space because mm. I know that there's a lot of black people, a lot of a lot of people of colour that want to run these types of things. But it's like, but do they feel safe with the mm. um, venue or whoever they have to collab with in order to put on that event? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking in the realm of live spaces, today on the show, we'll be joined by Majida Beattie, actor, singer, cultural practitioner. Um, you may have heard Night for the Girls, a night she carved out uh, with Mob and Four Mob. They're the kind of spaces she's been forging for us for a while and setting us up for the long game as well. So lots to look forward to from Majida. Thank you so much for joining us, my sis. Yes, thank you for having me. This is my second time now, so I'm happy to be here. It is, it is. Well, we're so excited to have you, especially since you have curated quite an amazing night centering First First Nations artist. It's called For the Girls. Can you tell us how this came to be and why this event is so important to you? Yeah, so Bear East is a queer female-led event company it leads femme centric events and a really good mate of mine she runs very and we've been yarning on it for a minute and she's poc background and we were having that discussion about wanting to bring a night where mobs can just enjoy themselves it can be something really positive and just showcasing some aboriginal torres strait islander artists creators so i'm really really excited it's the first of its kind that i'm doing um so yes So for the girls, it's uh, basically uh, an event that happens at uh, Since I Left You in CBD. So it happens once a month. The very um, mob they gather, it's usually like musicians, artists, fashion designers, performers, that kind of thing. So I really thought with my background being in the industry and having the connects that I do with mob, a lot of, you know, my mates, a lot of my cousins, um, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander mob I know are in the arts. You know, so I just thought it would be a great opportunity to be able to put their mob on that platform and be like, here, you know, have something positive to look forward to, not sorry business, not coming Mm. together to have to fight the power or do anything, you know, we're just coming together to be ourselves that night. And that was just, I guess, my goal, putting it together. That's such a um, great point you just made there as well about, you know, really centering our our joy and also our our talents as well. And, um, you know, it's really important because there are so many ways that we're also looking for safe spaces to find each other um, and relax with each other and unwind with each other. What are are some ways um, that you know, you will make, you try to make sure that you create those types of spaces for your artists to express and explore all parts of Mm. their blackness too. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for me, recognising that anytime I get to see mobs, it's usually survival day, Yarbin coming together, or it's some type of sorry business, or we're having to protest for our right to be human, for our, our right to be treated equal, which is, it's bizarre because we have so much more to give than just that, energy towards sorry business. I think that we should be able to create spaces where we're allowed to have fun, we're allowed to be free and just really revel in that culture in the best way we know possible, you know? 
And um, for me, I'm just someone who I'm constantly around mobs. You know, I've got uh, every weekend I've got brother boy from Singleton. Mm-hmm. He he's um he always comes down and my and my um my sister girl Torres Islander one. Hey man, Aboriginal Torres Islander one. We always just get together, having laughs, having fun. And I'm really like, even though I'm putting this event on for mobs to come together and go out, I'm really like homebody when it comes to these things. So I was like. Yeah, if I'm gonna go out, it's gonna be around mob and it's gonna be for mob. So mm. that's you know, I'm always just surrounding myself with mob for the safety, but also for that comfortability. So yep. all that week that I'm there at work, I'm working in the white man's world. I'm playing that role of usually the only black person in the room. I can come there on the weekend, have them young, be able to like put that wall down and be like, this is what I actually experienced. The microaggressions the like subtle comments, the subtle actions that are around us that are harmful because of our race. Mm. And so I, I, you know, I find it just really indulging in that comfort of mold. Mm. Yeah, I guess that speaks to, yeah, this, this next idea. I know you talked about, you know, the power you get from togetherness and community with mm. the, the bunch of artists that you work with and, 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 and create with. Um, yeah. And yeah, you talked about how, you know, this is this is not an event that's kind of happened regularly or, you know, it's one of its first of its kind in recent history anyway. How do you kind of remain resilient and, you know, and fierce in spaces that don't honor that kind of uh, black and femme creativity? I stay away from them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very selective of where I'm going to be and where I'm going to have my energy. And you won't see me in a lot of spaces that, that don't have to do with blackness, whether that's my blackness, you know, in the States or my blackness here, it's going to be some type of connection. Um, and when I am advocating in those spaces, you know, because I do on a daily basis, I do my interactive Aboriginal Torres on the performances in schools and corporate events. So I'm constantly being the only black face, the only black person they're actually coming into contact with. And for that resilience, it's not a choice. It's a fight or flight kind of mode where you are you you're either going to handle your business, or you know you're going to let that stuff um, kind of decipher where you're going. And don't get me wrong, the people who you know don't feel as resilient, it's not a bad thing. You know, you shouldn't feel. Um, you shouldn't feel it's a negative thing if you're sensitive because I am quite a sensitive person mm. and my resilience plays in different ways. But I think that idea of the strong black woman can be very intimidating and overwhelming. And I really, um, I really, I'm really set in my ways about, you know, being who I am in a space, bringing that strength of being a black woman, but also making room for that vulnerability and that sensitivity because it connects back to me being a sensitive, empathetic person. You know what I mean? There's so many levels to it. Um, but, yeah, it's not as black, a, black and white as just being resilient because, you know, I, I'm, I, I have my moments where I'm just over it. And I had yeah. a situation, like, from early in the week having to deal with just, <laughs> you know, some, a situation with mobs who aren't a non-Indigenous mob. And there's just cultural things that are coming up and I'm like, this is stressing me out. But I can't show face. I can't let that, you know, kind of be known because then it turns into 
oh, a black and white thing. Then it turns into, uh, oh, oh, now she's angry. Now she's getting upset. I think there's so there's so much there that you just um, said that we've also been kind of discussing as well a lot this week, which is how you maintain composure when you're trying to advocate for your voice and your agency, but also and also for your right to be compensated properly, um, mm. and you know, val- and have your worth actually um, looked at and acknowledged in its um, mm. in its um, full embodiment. But then at the same time, it's like, how do you do that without burning bridges? It's such a, it's a, it's a, it's a really hard thing for um, a lot of mob to have to navigate in those spaces. And it can be really emotionally taxing and emotionally tolling as well. And so I guess I think like, how do you kind of find those spaces for yourself? I mean, like you're curating an event, obviously, but outside of that, like trying to find spaces for yourself to um, have that recharge because it is like a bit of a recharge so that you can go out and do what you were saying before, which is say face. Yeah, I'm really privileged to have cousins and relations down here or, or people, you know, who I consider um, cousin sisters and stuff of that manner. And so I feel as though anytime I do need that recharge, it's easy enough for me to send a text out. Mm. But I'm very aware that not everyone has that privilege. And so it is that thing of, you know, I don't even have any type of, of, of advice if you're not in a, that privileged position because it is really, really hard to find safe spaces for mob in Sydney. You know, it just is. And I'm sure that's alike in other um, big cities in Australia. The only problem is, is like, okay, great. There's no resources. There's no tools. What does that do for the average black person? Nothing. How does that benefit them? It doesn't. And so my biggest thing was making the event that I'm having on Saturday free for mob and also making it very clear that this is, it is for everyone, but it's catered to women. It's catered to queer mob. It's catered to people who are quite marginalised, you mm. know? Are marginalised and also, like, <laughs> find it hard to find those safe spaces for socialising too. You mentioned as well about um, the comfortability of it all and it re- reminded me of, like, you know, having a space as an introverted, as an introverted black person too, but it's like, Mm. but I still want to have community and feel community. And I, yeah, I love that point that you made there about this, uh, these types of events kind of catering. Hey, you know, not all black people allowed. Some of us like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we we like to, we like to chill. We're not a monolith. (laughs) Exactly. We get to be diverse. We get to be different to each other. And the type of person I am, I'm a tourist, whatever I want, you know, I put my mind to it and I'm, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. That's how I, that's my philosophy for mm-hmm. life. But I can recognize not everyone is in that position where they can just open their mouth and go ask for things. Not everyone has been taught that their voice, and when I say everyone, I'm talking specifically on black mold mm. and you're a black introvert, right? Not everyone has been told, hey, your voice matters, no matter how quiet it is. It's valuable. And so you're dealing with a lot of mob who are just happy to be there, yep. happy to just show up. Mm. And the the problem there is that where we should want more because we deserve more, yep. you know? We deserve more than 
an acknowledgement at the beginning of someone's event. Mm. We deserve more than like yarning about it in a casual sense when it's so much deeper than what we could even talk about. You know what I mean? But actually putting it to action, hiring black mob, hiring black artists, paying them, that's actually showing value. That's showing purpose. That's showing intent. And all of that is so important that non-Indigenous companies are doing that. And that's why I was happy to collaborate with Viri's because they've been so easy with what I've needed. Yeah. And they've I've been able to have transparent yarns with them. Even when we've had bumps in the road, even when things have come up, I can be transparent and I can hold them accountable. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing if I'm going to go collaborate with non-Indigenous people, company. It's that, you know, it's been a really big thing that I've stated that all these mob here involved, their, what they want and their voice and their preferences, that's a priority. That's what, we, that's what we're putting time and effort to, you know, and how, and how you run a show and all them kind of things, that can come after. Mm. But really showing what how mob wants to play, what they want to play, what they want to share with mob, that's on them. But, you know, give that power back to mob in, like, this is your space. There's too many companies that need to take note of that, Oh, eh? my God. <laughs> it's, that's the thing, right? Like, people, whether they be in the form of organisation or corporation or, you know, even community group, can't be afraid of accountability because accountability is always changing and it's always striving towards something that's restorative, something that's sustainable and something that sets foundations for these kinds of events and these kinds of spaces to, to last, you mm. know? They're not one-off things. Like, you're setting yourself up for the future, Exactly. And if you are not able to sit down and really recognize that it comes down to that human empathy and mm. putting yourself in someone else's shoes, and it sounds right now like I'm talking to a child because when it comes to non-Indigenous mobs, they really try to overcomplicate certain factors of race and the experiences that we go through. When it comes down to it, if you were going through this and this was your life, you wouldn't be able to take this. This would be beating your behind. Mm. That's just the fact of it. And so it's a thing of, okay, we're a part of a minority group. We're not the only minority group in this country, right? But you mob, you came here. We are the ones here having to, we, we can't look anywhere else. This is a land that we were born on. This is a land that we have, you know, we have such strong connections to. We can't just overlook this. And I think that with this being a POC company and a POC space, it was important that we recognize the different struggles and we don't just try to throw all of the POC and the black struggles all under one umbrella. Mm, yeah. and really just like it's, it's giving that space to decipher the differences. Because, yes, there's a lot of similarities between people of colour and there's a lot of similarities between black people and all of those different cultures. But there are a lot of differences. And my strong belief is we all got here differently. And Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we've had our land ripped from us. Yeah. We've had our culture completely taken from us. That's our story. So you can't just try to 
jump on that danger and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's my soul and here's my story. Like, it's really important that we're giving space and we're giving that, um, like, value and focus in, like, into mob and into community. Absolutely. Centering Indigeneity first, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for jumping on, sis, and um, sharing space with us, sharing um, this event as well with Mob. It's really exciting. It's really necessary, and I can't wait to see all of the deadly stuff that comes after it. Thank you, sis. Thank you so much for having me, Mob. It's been such a delight having this jam. Just wrapping up the week, having some, like, you know, Mob time. Mm, that's what it's all about. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what gets me through the week, really. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Me too. Thank you so much, Majita. Race matters. 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 Race matters.